So we're going to continue our service, and um, in a moment, we're going to have our minister in training, Robinson, come up and share with us as we continue our series in the Gospel of John. My name is Joe Marlin. I am uh, the pastor here, but one of the things that we really believe in and um, have really been able to do by God's grace is create a space for ministers to be trained up. Amen? And so we've had a number, a number of folks that have come, and, you know, I meet with Robinson. He's one of several, a few different guys. We've had Dylan here, right? And we actually, he finished the process. He got ordained, finished schooling. We sent him off. And we'll have an update for you soon. We were just praying for him last week. I mean, they're already, they, they, they actually settled on a home in the neighborhood they want to start a church in this week. Amen? Can we give God some glory? Just, like, God is opening up doors, and there's even a, a space they're looking at, and so we're just going to keep praying that God just continues to bless our brother Dylan as he, they took a step of faith, knowing nobody, you know, and going down there and and, and um, just trusting the Lord would work through them. And we're doing the same thing. So, so Robinson's been in this process of like prayer for discernment. What way am I called to minister? And so pray for him as he continues to pray about that. That's a question we don't have the answers for, but he's in a season where I'm meeting with him almost every week and we're praying through that. And I'm excited to have him preach, but I'm gonna ask, our, another minister in training, Brian, to come up and read the word for us first. Um, but let me pray for them both right now. Thank you for Brian, God. Thank you for his heart, Lord. I pray you would bless him in every way, bless his family. Lord, we love you, and thank you, God, for the care that he has shown to those in the East Side Shepherding Group. Lord, I also pray for Robinson. Not just that he'd have good knowledge. You would supernaturally speak through him and to him and guide him and show him discernment of how you're calling him to serve you. And for this next half hour, would we hear from you and not just from him? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So after Brian reads, Rob, so just come up and preach. If you'd like to read along with me here. Chapter 20. Read the whole chapter. I'll read up to six. All right. So you won't be able to follow along on there, but I'll read it for us. And if you want to, you could follow along in uh, Bibles in the pews there. Um, but it's John chapter 21, 1 through 6. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called twin, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's son, and two others of his disciples were together. I'm going fishing, Simon Peter said to them. We're coming with you, they told him. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore, 
but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Friends, Jesus called to them, you don't have any fish, do you? No, they answered. Cast the net on the right side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. So they did, and they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. This is just in case. Um, good evening, family. Thank you, everyone, for coming today. Um, um, I'm so happy, uh, first, because um, God is giving me this, uh, next, um, this opportunity to preach tonight. And, uh, and also, I'm happy because my pastor, Joe Marley, is uh, 18 years married. Anniversary today? So congratulations. And Argentina won the World Cup. So yeah. South American, this is where I came from. Um, and yes, um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for um, this opportunity that you give us this day to be here. Thank you because during so much rush we can dedicate this time to learn and listen to you. I ask that you are the one who speak to our heart this evening and that you are the one who lead our five senses to focus on you. Send your Holy Spirit that we may clearly understand this message. And may your Son Jesus, our Savior, be glorified always. In his name we pray. Amen. Um, the word faith appears in the Bible 247 times. Today, many in this world have at least faith in something specific. Faith appears in everyone's life from very early on. A child has faith that he will receive a present at Christmas. A mother has faith that her children or child will be born in nine months safe and healthy. There are people who have faith in their material positions and other things, house, job, church, pastors, leaders, study, family, cars, companies, business, money, success, taxes return, vaccinations, and even in football teams like the Eagles. So people face can vary depending on their circumstances and interests. Today's story tells the seven friends on that, and uh, seven friends on a boat who'd finish all night long without catching even one fish. But something will happen that will change their working day. The story is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 21. It is important to remember that this book is authored by John the Apostle, the son of Zebedee, and in the, it is 
21 chapters, chapters, it is focused on us learning to deepen our faith in Christ by understanding that Jesus is the one sent by God, that is the Messiah. At the Son, and that the Son of God has come to reconcile and redeem humanity and creations. But before we go into details with what happened in chapter 21, I would like us to remember what happened in chapter 20, the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus is such important event in our faith because it fulfilled not only the prophecies in the Old Testament, but it stole uh, through faith that will be resurrected like Jesus one day. Now, Let's read John chapter 21, 4 to 6. And today we are going to talk about faith. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any, any fish? They answered him, nah. He said to them, catch the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were now able to hold in it because of the quantity of fish. Number one, trust in God. What does the word faith mean? And what does the Bible say about it? I believe that the most general concept that we can give to the word faith is to trust in something or someone. Let us remember that this was the third time that Jesus appeared after the resurrection to the disciples in John 20. 14 say that, at least until this chapter, we know that he was not a ghost, and many today want to argue without first stopping and read the Bible and prefer to be like Thomas. We believe in the resurrection of Jesus, and if you have any doubt, open your Bible and look up John 20, 27. Brothers, let us remember that Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. John 21, 4 says, Just as they was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciple did not know that it was Jesus. You know, four hours, which equal 250 miles, is the time and distances I have to drive to reach Mount Virginia to go to the seminary at least four times a year. Following the GPS directions and when I have to make a detour to buy something, I recognize that I have, that I have neither the ability nor the talent to get back on the road without using the GPS. If you don't believe me, you can ask my wife over there. 
People have faith in themselves and their talents and skills. If you are Peter, that is with your uh, half years fishing, right, and experience, and someone comes to you along from a distance and tell you, throw the net the other side, what will you do? Let us be honest, brothers and sisters, no one will listen. There are people who know they are walking or driving in the wrong direction and decide not to listen to the voice of the GPS. They dare to continue in the wrong place and the GPS says, make a right. At the next corner, turn the left, right? And sometimes the GPS say, in five miles, take the exit 29. There are other people when they already know the route to their work do not need neither GPS nor a map. Some because they do not know it exists. And others because they already know very well the road to their destinations. Brothers, the disciple could not recognize who that person was at a distance. Not because they did not have binocular, binocular or GPS. It was simple because they could not see who he was. Today people and the world and the whole world cannot see where they are going because they do not have the map, nor the most important GPS in life. That is, they do not have Jesus. People have many talents and skills to direct themselves in this life. But in the end, they are very much like the man described in Proverbs 10 a Say, the wise of heart will receive commandments, but the bubbling fool will come to ruin. Sooner or later, there will be time in life where we will not be able to see where we are going. Even trusting in Jesus, there will be times where won't be able to see, and our faith will be put to the test. But what happens when our faith is put to the test? It is impossible to have faith when things are not clear. Because it's easy to have faith when we can see things clearly. When we have enough gas in our car and we have a job, when we have health and financial stability, when we have a safe place to sleep. But why is it hard to have faith when we pick up the phone and see the text message coming and saying that something serious has happened to our loved one? Only God can help us and take care of our pain. When we go to the doctor and he reads the medical result saying that we have cancer, God is the only one who can heal our physical and spiritual life. When every day we are hit by bad news from the internet, Seek refuge in the Lord. He is the 
only refuge. How do we have faith when we see that we have no more food in the fridge? When we have to get to a place and we have no one to take us. When you receive an email and, 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 a, and it is an appointment for a court because you have an accusation and investigation against you. Recently, a person had to go to court because she was involved in a, a car and traffic accident. And the possible outcomes of being guilty were, number one, um, lost the license for six months. That means probably lost her job and, you know, doesn't have more transportation. And number two, pays 140 feet to get to the uh, get off of the charges. Thanks God, the incident cost uh, $140,000 plus, $1,200 in the lawyers. Brothers, one rejoice because in the end, it was just a small incident and this person was clear of charges by the grace of God. But it does not always happen that because it's not all the time that happens in every case in people in this life. It is those moments where we must have faith in God, even if we cannot recognize his voice. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the broken heart and save the crushed in spirit. Each of us will experience loss in life, pain, agony, and suffering. So how does God heal a broken heart and not be avoiding the pain? You can't go under. You can't go around. You must go through it. And if you are afraid to express your emotions and you are refused to go through this, that is where you get stuck. You have to learn to trust God even if you can't see through the process. There's not shortcuts. Two, God hurts with you. John 21, verse 5, say, um, Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. The whole Bible speaks about Jesus from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Without Jesus in our life, we will not be able to see where our steps are going. The more far away we walk from him, the more we will move away from doing his will and our net will remain empty as well as our heart. And when we are asked, did you catch anything? We will answer no. In life, we do not catch anything because we have not learned to recognize the voice of God. Because we because what we catch are are that fish we are filling our heart with Netflix series, Instagram reels, hate, gossip, pornography, false friendships, and even though our heart seems filled up, 
it always feels empty. We need to read the Bible more. And we need to apply more. James 1, verses 22 says, But the, be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Jesus was clear with the question to these seven friends in the boat. Did you catch anything? Jesus already knew the answer. He knew the net was empty. He knows what you are filling your nets and your heart with. We cannot lie to God. He knows everything. How many times have we heard that question in our life? Did you learn anything after having spent a week with 12 hours a day of classes in a language that you're not yours? Did you earn something after working all week and moving boxes in the warehouse? Did you bring me anything? That was me when my mom came back from work and I was a child. But today, my kids also ask me the same question when they come back from trips. Brothers and sisters, if a surgeon goes to the college and graduates, and on on day of the surgery, he doesn't even know how to hold a scalpel. It is better for the doctor come back to work, or it is better to the doctor go back to the school and start from zero. Can be we Christians without reading the Bible? Can we be Christians without talking to God? Can we be Christians without coming to church? Can we Christian and live without integrity? Can we be Christian when our friends and family cannot tell the difference between following Jesus and follow this word and his passions? Can we be Christian without believing in death and resurrection of Christ? When what we do does not reflect our identity in Christ and when what we do in secret and in public does not reflect the God we believe in. We are living a life full of falsehood and hypocrisy. We will have a heart that is empty and completely separated from the love of God. Imagine the desper desperation of the bitterness for someone who has spent the whole night waiting for a catch against nothing. What were these seven friends thinking? Where was their face placed? Where is your face every time you stumble and realize that you are still making the same mistake over and over again? I don't know where your face is, but I do know where God is. And God is not a, a million miles away. 
He has never been closer to you in the midst of that pain and emptiness. Isaiah 53, 3 say, A man of suffering and familiar with pain. That was Jesus. That is Jesus. When you come to Jesus with your pain, he knows perfectly what you are talking about. And he understands your pain. He hurts with you. Faith grows in trials. John 21, 6 said, He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were now able to hold in because of the quantity of fish. Do we really know why when the seven friends threw the net to the right and it became full of fish? Why sometimes we execute the same plan and one day the plan doesn't work anymore? Why when we have something in mind and when the time comes, we can't even talk and we lost everything? Why? If the day of the, an appointment, uh, important meeting comes and they cancel our flights and we don't arrive on time to our destination. Do you know that God is almighty? Do you know that God knows everything? That is, no one can tell God when to act or when to do something. Neither can anyone explain to God why the waters of the oceans do not cross their limits. Nor can any more tell, anyone can tell to God why there is a day missing the histories of mankind. In fact, no one can tell God why on the left side there not fish were, and on the right side were fish nor why there were 153 fish and not 154 fish. Why and how to the Red Sea was divided in two, or why Jesus was the one who rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt, or why those angels who did not keep within to the, lim the limits of the authority of God set forth then have been kept firmly chained in prisons and darknesses, awaiting for the great days of judgment. Brothers and sisters, we cannot forget what Jesus told to his disciples in Matthew. All authority is heaven and on the earth has been given to me. When we have faith, we also have confidence but attending to the call of the good news is not enough. True saving faith includes knowledge and approval. 
I explained when we have gone from investigating the statement of Jesus to believing that those statements are true and certain for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. That is when we have true saving faith. God wants us to have faith like the seven friends who were fishing all night and decided to believe and throw the net to the right side. You have to stop trusting yourself, believing that you are self-sufficient in your life. Faith in God is the only one that pro produces extraordinary confidence in your life. And in fact, in fact, repentance and faith are really two sides of the same coin. For when I genuinely renounce and turn from my sins, then I turn in faith to Christ, trusting in Him alone for my salvation. And this initial repentance of faith provides a pattern for understanding and undertaking the ongoing attitude of a repentance heart and faith that continued for the rest of the Christian's life. As Paul writes in Colossians 2, 6, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. This is not about us. This is about him. You can't walk alone. We need Jesus. Do you know why Jesus resurrected? Jesus was resurrected because in him there was no sin. 1 Peter 2, 22, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. And the thorn of death could not even touch him. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 to 57. That is why we will also be resurrected when he comes for his people again. I will tell you this. God chose you and loved you first. And God loved us, not because of who we are or what we have done or will do, but just because he chose to do so. Our proper response to him to give him prize for the eternity. Our proper response to him and to others is humility. Since individually we can make no, no, no claim to any portion of God's grace, all of which is a gift from him. Ephesians 2a. Finally, people want to have a lot of things in their life without any sacrifice. They want to receive blessings without praying. The people want to learn more about God without reading the Bible. They long for growing pain without pain. They long for company. And when someone needs, they are now willing to give it. They want to walk in freedom, and they're now willing to surrender their chains. They long for God to fill their hearts, and they do not dare 
to surrender every area and aspect, an aspect of their life. How is your heart and where is your faith and trust place? Just remember this, brothers and sisters. Trust in God. God hurts with you. And faith grows in trial. If this is your first time in this church, I ask you to pray and tell God that you want to receive him into your life. That you want Jesus to fill your heart and that you receive and accept the salvation from him, from his only son, Jesus Christ. That's where we find salvation. He offers you that today. And if you have been in church for some time and you are still hesitant where to cash your nets, like these seven friends, because you have been doing everything by your own strength, I'd invite you today to rest in his presence today and listen again the voice of Jesus. Let us pray, brothers. Thank you, Father, that you let us trust in you. Thank you um, because you know perfectly well our pain. Thank you that when we trust and have faith in you, Jesus, we can see that our faith increase in trials. We ask you to keep us always Fill it with your grace and forgiveness. Today, we have learned that you are in control of everyone and that we have to trust and trust in you because alone we can go in nowhere. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your love for us. Even though we do not deserve it, God. Thank you because you are perfect, almighty, and you know everything about us, and you are good. Jesus, amen.